It is Monday, November 14th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, the Cadillac of sports broadcasting, J.P. Shedrick. I don't think so, and welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday, and we've got a busy two hours ahead, of course. Tony Vaselli and Preet Prisco coming up. The Chiefs over the Jaguars in Week 10, 27-17, the final score at Arrowhead. We've got plenty of Fanatics fan questions going into the bye week. We'll go around the National Football League as always, let's hear from Doug Peterson after the loss yesterday. Missed opportunities for the Jaguars all day long. When you play great football teams, and, and the Chiefs are one of those great football teams, well coached, you, you've you got to capitalize. You know, um, I know they pride themselves on taking care of the football, you know, um, and, and when you can create those opportunities as a team, we have got to take advantage of that, and we didn't do it as a football team today. And so that's really the, the message, you know, and, and it's about missed opportunities. Trevor Lawrence in the game, 29 of 40, passing 259 through the air, two touchdowns, but some issues for this team yesterday. They did some stuff defensively where offensively we didn't play our best ball, didn't execute well. Um, you know, we kind of started getting a little bit of a rhythm at the end of that first half, going into the second half. Uh, but, you know, too many missed opportunities too early. And we still had our chance at the end of the game and, and, and didn't make the plays to, to get back in it there. But, you know, it's hard to overcome when you, when you miss that many opportunities early in the game and, um, you know, against, against a good team. So just a little bit, little bit too many of those. And then to the defense, Andre Sisco had an interception, but the Chiefs handled their business otherwise. Make them work for it, so uh, limit explosives. I don't think we did enough of that. We had some big plays early on in the game, uh, some down the stretch as well. Uh, that wasn't part of the game plan. So limit explosives, let them, you know, obviously throw the ball, but uh, keep it short. There you have it, the full locker room sound and press conferences, including Doug Peterson earlier today, available on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's where we're streaming right now as well. Uh, Pete Prisco is with us down in South Florida, and yes, Tony Baselli is in the building. He is in person here in Jacksonville. I can't even believe what I'm seeing in front of my eyes. This is incredible. I, just, I missed two weeks. I was on the road two weeks. More than that. I don't think so. I think, I, yeah, we haven't seen, we haven't seen you in a while. We haven't studio. seen me, Pete. You see, you see me just like you do every week, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. We haven't seen you in the studio in a while. Right? No, no, Pete. You have never been in the studio. So you yes, never see, I, I've you been never in there. see me in the studio. In it's by the way, five years probably. Yeah. So JP could say, "I haven't seen you in the studio for a while." You <laughs> need to shut your trap because you can say nothing. <laughs> wow, somebody's a little salty, sensitive today. Okay, Pete. but but he is here for the full show, which is a novel idea. <laughs> yeah. How about that. Okay, last week I missed the first segment because I was driving <laughs> from Atlanta to New Orleans. So shoot me. <laughs> well, how are we feeling after yesterday? 27-17, record. Bye week is here. Refresh. Get ready for the stretch run. No? I guess the way, yeah. I mean, for me it was everything went the Jaguars' way yesterday and they still lost by 10. Yes. 
that's like the biggest like take like as I left there, and I agree with Doug. Like they missed opportunities. There's no doubt about that. And that would have been a wildly different game, I think, if they took advantage of those opportunities, especially early in that game. The onside kick, you had a drop pass, would have been deep into the um, red zone. Maybe you get seven, get up seven, nothing. That changes the feel of everything. Um, you got three turnovers. You you know you couldn't convert any real points out of that. Um, so that I mean, so everything going your way, you still lost by ten. And I got like in the game and afterwards and watching the tape, I feel more like that Chiefs offense could have done anything they wanted to whenever they wanted to. Like there was guys running wide open. Wide open. And a bunch of busts that look like you got some young guys struggling right now on that defense. Um, And so. Like? Name names. Who? Well, Devin Lloyd. I mean, there's no Terrible. you got playing, he's playing. He's playing terrible. Yeah, I mean, but that's, he's been doing that for a while, a few weeks, Pete. I mean, that's why you see Mumu get Muma get uh, Muma get more and more reps as the games go. Muma, on. Muma played better than he did yesterday. Muma is playing better right now. I have more confidence in Muma on the field than Devin Lloyd. No doubt. About I have it. a theory. I have a theory on Devin Lloyd. Well, let's before you get let's not just dive into that. No, no, no. Hear. We will eventually. I'll just tell you. I'm going to put yeah, that no, out there. I've, something that I think. I, I would do with him, and, okay. and and we'll talk about that. Okay, I like that. The um, and so that's like the concerning thing, like defensively, like just the missed, like wide open guys. You just can't do that. I mean, they rushed for one fifty, I think, against they did uh, that. Uh, you know, the defense that's troublesome. We still get no pressure, no pass rush, no, no sacks, four hits, zero, zero, zero pressure. pressure. Um. And then offensively, you know, now that's a good front. They got their top five defense against the run, and they shut us down. I mean, they did a good job against the run game. They really did. And we never got it going, and that's really what this team thrives on. Um, so it's disappointing. You're 3-7 and seven, um, after being 2-1 and one, with two really nice wins against the Chargers who aren't quite as good as we thought they were going to be. But still a great win on the West Coast. This team has not done that, so hats off to Doug and the, and the guys. Um, and they shut out the Colts, which was great. Now, Colts have some issues offensively. We've learned since then, too. But it doesn't matter. You got it done. And that was big. But since then, you're one in six in games. And and I think, I think at the end of it, when we get to the end of the season, you're going to look back at that this stretch right here and, and be like, that's where this fell apart a little bit this season where we missed opportunities where you had leads forget about Kansas City because I don't I mean that Kansas City's better they're a better football team than we are right now um now you can you know so the good news is you were competing with them throughout the game it was never it never got really really close but at least you were you know you didn't get blown out you didn't get embarrassed you fought you kept on playing but you now look at the stretch run and you got some tough games coming up you got Baltimore, very good football team. You get Tennessee twice. We know the history of that. You got the Cowboys, who are going to be fighting for their lives for a um, playoff spot. Um, you have the Jets, who are one of the better defenses in the NFL. So, and then you got Detroit and Houston. And Detroit can score, score points against everybody. That's what they've done this year. Now they're not; they're awful on defense. So that's might be that'll help us. And then, so I mean, I think, but I really do think at the end of this year. 
you're going to look back in this stretch that we just went through and go, boy, we missed opportunities. This could have been a much different season because one thing I know that is for sure is when you start when you win close games, those stack up, and it does something to your locker room. It does something to your belief system and everything else, and and they miss those opportunities. Yeah, and and watching the tape, um, I'm with you all the way on the defense, Tony. There were, I mean, there were guys open like you wouldn't believe, and and for whatever reason, they were almost out of a little. They were out of sync a little bit, Kansas City. Um, but uh, okay, on the touchdown to Tony. That had to be Lloyd, right? On that, Tony? So here's Doug Peterson. It's hard to say. No, Doug Peterson explained this today. The headsets went out for two straight plays. One of those was that play, and they got multiple calls in using hand signals, and there was a miscommunication because of the headsets being out for two straight plays. Of Of all times to have it in the red zone right there. That's fair. So that was the explanation today. Yeah, and so on the one to Kelsey. Why would you call timeout there then, if that's the case, if there's confusion? Yeah, good question. That's a good question. Why wouldn't you call timeout? I mean, if. Like, I mean, right there, that point in the game, every possession matters against that Chiefs team. Why would you call timeout? It's in the first half. You know, burning a timeout right there is not the end of the world. Um,. Now you you know you could argue maybe you don't score that late touchdown because you needed your timeouts then, but still, I'm surprised. I wonder if that was a conversation on the sideline saying, "Hey, if we're, there's confusion out there," because you could tell. I thought the defense was conf- like Devin Lloyd struggles to get lined up. You can see it on the field, and you can see a Lucon having to tell him where to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Chris. I mean, Pete, you saw the tape. Yeah, you know what else too? I noticed Tony. He's kind of jumping under blocks and stuff. Oh, he and turning, no, he's, he's, not, he's, he's not turning physical. his back. He's not being physical not at all. Physical. It's almost like he doesn't want to take on guys. Did you notice that a couple times yesterday? Yes, yes. I noticed that. I noticed very he turned sloppy, it down. Very he turned sloppy, it down. Very sloppy zone drops. I mean, yeah, like the one Kelsey, the one Kelsey, the long pass to Kelsey crossing. He's got to get depth and get over there. He does, he just stays there where he's at. He was almost like well, he's you, in cement. Go watch the go watch the tape, Pete. Oluokun yeah, point, points to him. Yeah, points and then, to and then on the touchdown to Kelsey, either he, I think it was on him too. If you look at it. He kind of gets frozen, goes inside yeah, with 84, the, and you can see Aluakon's in there, yep. and he's pointing at him. That's the one you're talking about, that one? Well, that one and the, and the deep over, too. Both of them. This like, one, this this, one yeah. right here, I think, I mean, I'm not, again, i got to be careful here. I'm not an expert. I think he has number two. I think he's supposed to press the number two, which is, which is Kelsey. Correct. And you can see the way he's playing. You can see the way Alucon's playing it. He's got that guy, and he goes with him. He should I, have him. This is the one thing I, mean, I know: Alucon and Lloyd aren't supposed to be in the same spot. No, they're right on top of each other. So, that's and one the, thing and I then know. on the deep, I don't know on the much deep about over, coverage. on the <laughs> deep over. Yeah, you can see him. Watch, he points right at him. Yeah, and they're all looking at each other. And then on the deep over, that's another one where he get, points. He's got to get. Depth. He's got, and he pointed at him, but he's got to get depth. He, he kind of, you know, gets caught looking to the left, and he doesn't get depth on that. And but that those, those are mistakes that young linebackers can make at times. I'm more concerned. There's a couple times he turned his body on a contact and tried to go underneath the block and and didn't take him on. And when you jumped inside the hole, he left a huge hole for the running lane on the outside. 
there were there's concerns about him. He's not the same player, which and I got to my theory is actually really good on him. This is what I would mm. I would think about playing Muma and using him as a sub pass rusher. A sub pass rusher. Does he know yeah, how to pass but, rush? Tony, did you see him when he chased down Mahomes on the one play? Okay, that's great. Just because you're fast doesn't mean you're not he, a, he pass was a pass rusher. He was a pass rusher in, Trey, in Utah. Trayvon Walker runs 4-4. He, four, four. he rushed he, the passer at Utah. I, I, he did I, it. Okay. You use him. He's, how big is he? What's his, what's his height and weight? His I, official height and weight for Devin Lloyd is 230. 6'3", 235. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you right now, 235, not going to like scare a bunch of tackles, Pete. Unless, unless what's, he Micah, is, what's Micah Parsons' weight? How heavy is Yannick Ngakwe? Unless what's, Yannick what's Ngakwe Parsons is 245, 250, and he's a pass rusher. That's all he's ever done what's in his whole Mike, life. What's Micah Parsons' weight? 250 probably is my guess. I don't know. He's thick. I don't think he weighs, I don't think he weighs 250. But, but the point is, he's not right now he's not ready to play that other position. Muma, Muma will at least take on the blocks. and he makes, Muma actually made some really good plays in the run game on, on Sunday, I thought. Tony came up and he filled, took on the guard, made a play, a couple plays in the run game. He was better. Parsons he is was six, after- six three, quarter week at Wikipedia, six three two forty five. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you, that's uh, if I need a resource. Well, I'm just telling you what it says there. Um, by the way, uh, NFL.com, six three two forty five. That's more like it. So six five two forty for Arden Key. By the way, so he's so, bigger. Uh, Parsons is bigger than Lloyd. Yes. No. Yeah. But again, you could use him in some sub situations where you can rush the quarterback. I just right now he's not taking on blocks, he's not being physical, he's jumping around blocks, he's leaving gaps in the defense, and he's bad in zone coverage. Other than that, he's been a good pick. Yeah, uh, and Pete, I'm not against trying him in uh, as a pass rusher, so I'm not saying you're wrong there. Um, who are you taking off the field? Right. Now, you could argue, take anyone you want because no one else gets pressure. Yeah. So what does it matter? Keep, keep Smoot right. out there. Smoot stays. I mean, what does it matter? I uh, mean, they're not they're not winning. No. You might as well try something. They are not. Um, and that was, a, by the way, that was a, a bad tackle to start the game and a backup off the street that was playing at right tackle to end the game. Mike, I mean, Pete, don't even get me started. Logs and I talk about this every week. When you played the Broncos, you had the third team – Left tackle, yep. the backup right tackle, and the backup center. The center we got no pressure. Out. Center went out. Yep. So, like, don't get me started on that. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, I I would be shocked if Mumo's not starting for against Baltimore, because if you think Devin Lloyd is struggling right now, roll him out there against Lamar Jackson that zone read. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> he's going to be a spinning top. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't want to be too in. critical of the guy. I like him. I want, I'm wishing the best. He's young. I'm not saying anything outside of the, just he might not be ready right now. He missed all of camp. That's right. So maybe it's he but needs so, reps. So I don't know. Aside from the mental, aside from the mental, and the mental's there, the physical's more worrisome to me. I don't know what's happened to him because early in the season he was more physical. He wasn't physical at all on on, on Sunday. Nothing. Zero. It's been a couple weeks, Pete, I think. Yeah. But yeah, but it was really noticeable on Sunday though. Yeah, that's fair. the fact cuz he actually you saw the one play where he was in the hole and he kind of went like this when he tried to duck under. I'm like, "What are you doing?" We'll dig into that a little bit more. 
a little later in the program. We'll come back and get into the offensive performance. The Jaguars quarterback, Christian Kirk, went over 100 yards. Plenty to get to, of course, in the second hour. Your questions from social media earlier today. We'll go around the league as well. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media today, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. We're right there of, of winning these games, and, um, you know, we've said that the whole season. And um, It's just every week, no matter who you're playing, like I said, especially when you're playing a, a great team like, like Kansas City, it's hard to overcome those, and, and right now, with where we're at, we need to make those plays and, and keep that momentum, and, and that's that's where we're at right now. And um, you know, that's you look at the locker room after the game, and everybody believes in what we're doing. Everybody believes where we're heading. Uh, we know that, but it's just still frustrating when you when you feel like you're in these games and you don't make all the the plays that you have to make to win them. And that's the same story that we've talked about. And that's going to always be it's always our message. It's, it's about us. There's the, the things that we can control. We have to execute you know the defense for just speaking offensively the defense is going to make some plays but you know as far as alignment execution hitting the easy throws whatever it is we gotta we gotta hit those you know and and that's the and that's always going to be the message is control what you can control they're always going to make some plays but we got to be better executing just you know from our standpoint that's the quarterback trevor lawrence of course and welcome back it's jaguars happy hour it is monday after week 10 heading into the bye week and for nine years dreamfinders homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the jaguars visit dreamfindershomes.com for all the available inventory and go jags jp shadrick with tony vaselli the hall of famer and pete prisco after we uh, as we recap this jaguars loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, twenty-seven, hey, seventeen. Let's start with. Uh, let's close out the defense, and I want to get to uh, Trevor Lawrence. The okay, def- quickly. We got a lot of defensive talk coming up, but go ahead. The defense has a lot to clean up. Um, they've struggled against the run as of late a little bit, and they really struggle in the back half. And part of that's because they don't rush the passer, and part of it's because. They're not super disciplined in some of their zone, and I don't think they, I don't think they can play man. They try to play man. I don't think they have the corners to play man. Love Trey Herndon. He cannot play man. You can't run with him. No. And so I think you know Mike Caldwell is going to have to look at this <clears throat> during this bye week to kind of figure out what does our personnel allow us to do to move forward. I think that's you know if I think that's where the main focus needs to be on the back half with a lack of pass rush. You know how do we get off the field? How do we put? How do we improve that pass defense? It's hard to play. It's hard to play man like that when you don't have any pass rush stuff. Well, and you can't. But yeah, Pete, right. they can't run. I know. It's just. I mean, they I mean, have they no. Just, they're set back there all day. And but they when can't you play run. Mahomes, I know. When you play Mahomes, those guys can get those scramble, you know, routes going, and it's it's a big problem for them. And I mean, I'll give you an example on the. I think it was a, a short 
yardage play, a fourth down play. He threw it to Kelsey. Watson, Watson was so open on the backside, he could have walked oh, into the end God, zone. Oh, my God, he would have walked in. There was nobody near him. Nobody. No one covered him. And, no. And Mahomes never even looked at him. Well, he didn't have he to. He only needed the yard. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, right, just so, little things like that. There's always guys open. That, I don't know what the answer is either, Tony, because I don't know. They're not fast enough to lock up and play man. And they're and like you said, they're very undisciplined in their zone coverage across the board. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I almost think you got to simplify stuff. And just, you know, I don't, I'm not a defense coordinator. My yeah, but if to- you simplify stuff, if, okay, let's just say they went to a straight, played a lot of cover two, cover four. That means you got to get home with your pass rush. Well, again, that's why I don't want to say too much because, listen, Mike Hall was a good, good coach. He really is. And I'm not going to sit here from the cheap seats and try to act like I know how to defense coordinate. I just know this, that they got to clean it up. And you got to figure it out. You can't get home with four. That is clear. This group does not get home with four. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker do not win one-on-one. They just don't win very often. No, I think think, um, they won like a couple times between them yesterday. Yeah, and, but, and he, Walker but won on that one yeah. rush on the left against the backup tackle when he but came you know, up the field and kind of flushed him in, in, inside a little bit. It's not enough. Yeah, but if no. like, every once in a while it doesn't work, and then if you don't get the pressure inside, it. you can step up. I get it. They're not – look, they drafted him with the idea he'd be a much better pass rusher right now. I don't care what they say. They could talk about he was a developmental prospect. He should be a better pass rusher right now. And cool. Allen. And, and week in and week out, you can sit here and say, hey, they're both really good football players. That's not what they get paid to do. It's fine. You can be good against the run. You can be hold up at the point. You can do everything you want to do. But you got to be able to knock the quarterback down, period. Get him on the ground. Beat your tackle. Beat him with a move and knock him on the ground. All right. Let's switch gears off. Okay. Let's go to the offense. The, uh, the Trevor Jag- Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor yesterday. Starts, it starts and finishes with Trevor. His numbers yesterday, Tony. 29 of 40 passing, 259 yards through the air, two touchdowns, 106.1 rating, sacked five times in the game. So let me say this about Trevor. He was awful in, de- in, in London. Just awful in, against the Broncos. And he got a lot of heat. And rightfully so. You're the franchise quarterback. I love how he's responded. Yep. The kid has responded. He played good against um, the Raiders after the first couple drives, got things calmed down, and, and led that team back to victory. And he played good yesterday. He played good. He had, a, I mean, the deep ball to Marvin Jones, great catch, great ball. The shot down the field in the first drive to Christian Kirk. Right hit on him. his shoulder. Yep. Hit him mm-hmm. in the, in the breadbasket. The deep ball to Zay Jones took a great play by McDuffie to break it up. Great play. Um, he threw the ball. He was accurate. He was good yesterday. He used his feet. He was tough. He stood in there with free blitzers coming and delivered the ball where he needed to. He was over 100 for the fifth time of, his, of this season. The record for a Jaguar quarterback is seven times in one season. He's playing good football. He's, I mean, he. The last two po- weeks he's been really good. Huh? No question. The last two weeks he's been really good. Um, my point is, though, Pete. I think he was better. I think he's better than yesterday than those numbers would indicate. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Yep. And here's the thing. He scrambled. He used his legs. He's, I mean, he's making smart football plays. I'm not saying he's 
all the way where he needs to be. But the question whether he can be the guy or not, like he is. That's he's, absurd. It's absurd. That's an absurd question. It's absurd. He's going to be the guy. So that was very positive yesterday. Okay. He, he What, there 11 incompletions? Three of them were batted down at the line of scrimmage, by the way. And on one of them, he had a guy – he was going to Kirk. He was wide open. Wide open. I mean, that play. happens, OP. You know that. He's got, I know. I, mean, I know. But I'm just saying, I'm, uh, the one to Kirk that he dropped, that Kirk dropped on the opening drive, he needs to throw that more outside, though. He, he let the defensive back get his hand in there a little bit. I actually make, think he needs to throw it a, a tick sooner. Maybe sooner but or, or more to the sideline. One well, or the other. You're, you're right. But, but still, him. he's got to catch it. He's got to catch it. Hit him. <laughs> yeah, he's got to catch it. I mean, he was, he was, he, you're right though. They blitzed him and he stood in there and he made the throws. And uh, I was, I was as impressed with him on Sunday that I've been at any point in his career, including the games where he's had better numbers. I think his, his play yesterday was better. Those quick outs that he was throwing, those things were on the, the touchdown pass to Kirk, the one in the, uh, the pylon that that's an accurate, quick ball. That's out not an throw. easy it throw. Fantastic. It's not an no, easy throw. of course not. Tight window. And I, the only criticism and this isn't of him. What the hell with the third and two quarterback sweep again with that? Are you kidding me? Or whatever it was, third and three? I'm you know fine what I'm with that. I'm, I'm not. The Bills I'm have not. made a – Josh Allen is like Earl Campbell. And I think I think that he – and I'm not saying he's Josh Allen yet. He's not as big as Josh Allen. But now, if I was going to critique that call at all, I'm not sure I'm running it at Chris Jones in a wide three. <laughs> That's my no, criticism. That's he got my right criticism. The, he got right up the field and blew that play up. Yeah, not the quarterback sweep. I like that play at call, actually. I don't. I, I just I don't, don't like it going at Chris Jones as a wide three. That's not it. That's I, I, a I tough. don't like the play. I don't like the play. What would you I gotta run, find, Pete? I got to find – let him throw the ball. I mean, he's more than, more than capable of throwing the ball. Throw the ball. I mean, if Chris Jones doesn't blow that play up, it's still not making a first down. I don't know about that. Oh, there were guys out there. No, they, but they if, knew you, that but if was... you if you if you get if you hook Chris Jones and you get the corner, you get north and south, you get the first down. Yeah, I don't think it. But 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 I, here's the other thing. I still want to see more deep shots. Well, they took three, Pete. I know, but I still That's... want to see a couple more per game. I think he's got. I think they have that in him still. That was more than I... Mahomes took. Yeah. Well. Mahomes, I mean, they played him a little differently, though. They played off. They played. Well, that was the other down. thing. I mean, Kansas City was putting eight in the box, and they were like, you're not running. We are taking Travis Etienne away. And they blitzed with that eight in the box a bunch. That's what I mean, and they were aggressive, and they basically said, all right, Trevor, you know, if you can, you know, if you can beat us with the passing game, um, so be it. Let's come back. Uh, that'll lead us to our discussion about the offensive line when we come back. Okay. And their day at the office yesterday against that Kansas City front seven. Jaguars fall in week 10, 27-17 to the Chiefs. It's a 3-7 and seven record. Plenty more ahead. Of course, coming up in the second hour, Twitter questions. Fanatics fan questions. And we'll go around the National Football League. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network. It's free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars digital network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL. 
home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. It is Monday, and we're recapping a Week 10 loss for the Jaguars to the Kansas City Chiefs. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. The Jaguars are going into the bye week. Plenty of things to clean up down the stretch. Seven games to go starting in week number 12 when the Ravens come to town. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later. Well, the uh, Jaguars offensive line yesterday, Tony, Pete, um, five sacks allowed of Trevor Lawrence. Let's see how many times he was officially hit in the game. Uh, He was officially hit six times total. Um, does, the, does the six hits include the five sacks? Yeah. One more yeah. one more hit after the five sacks. That's right. Yeah. And then the running game, as you said just a moment ago, Tony, they, they made it a point to take ETN pretty much out of the game. Yeah. And listen, the, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs were aggressive. And Spagnuolo, I mean, he's no, the defense coordinator is known for that. Um, they I weren't do, all on the offensive line, though. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Some of them were – coverage some of them were trevor trying to scramble to make something happen because he couldn't find anybody and then some of them were on the offensive line um i don't it wasn't like they were getting whipped up front um chris no. jones is a really good player he gave sheriff uh sheriff a couple um sheriff got whipped sheriff got whipped yeah i'll tell you this everyone was worried about shatley against chris jones i thought shatley played well against chris jones i thought he handled him better than Sheriff did. Now, he didn't have as many opportunities. I mean, Sheriff was dealing with him more. And Chris Jones is a hell of a player. But I thought, you know, for the most part, it wasn't like he was under siege. Like, when you hear five sacks, you're like, oh, my gosh. It was like every time they hit him, it was a sack. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like 12 well, then, hits. Then Legereus Need came off the corner one time on a blitz. That's on, right. And nobody they, they didn't account they... for him. That was one. There was, well, and I, think, uh, I, I think, think that was a misprotection, Pete. I, I, looking yeah. at, if I'm thinking about the right one, I think, again, I don't want to put it on Cam, but it looks like they were sliding that way, and Cam has yeah. to keep on sliding to pick up the nickel. Right. Um, yeah, he didn't slide. I mean, that's me guessing. I mean, who knows? Phil Roush. No, but you could, te- you could tell by looking at this. The, that's what were, I thought. You know, yeah. and now Phil Rauscher, the offensive line coach, could say, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. That could be true, too. Um, there was one where the blitz came and ETN picked up one, but the other one got right. free. That's so right. there, were, there were – it wasn't like – and I'm with Tony on that. I expected after watching the game on TV and then seeing the numbers to see it be a lot worse than it was. You know, like Juwan Taylor had some moments where he wasn't very good. The right side was far worse than the left side. I would agree with that. that I would agree with that. My big, my big critique of the offensive line, though, is in the run game. Now, they had the extra man, and sometimes it was the extra man making the play. And as an offensive lineman, you can't do anything. You, you book one guy, and the back's got to make a miss, or you got to, you know, hopefully he cuts away from him or whatever. I don't think we finished very well yesterday in no. the run game. I thought we were looking around and not finishing blocks. And that's my biggest critique. Not the pass protection. Yeah, he gave him five sacks. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, though. It wasn't like a, you know, he was under complete pressure every snap. But in the run game, I just don't think they finished. I don't think they were as physical as they've been in the past, and they didn't rise to the occasion and just say, we're going to dominate this front. You'll remember finish. this one, Tony, because there was a play where they ran wide and Jawan Taylor was leading kind of a pin and pull, and he got outside, and he had his guy blocked. And he, and he go. just stopped. And the guy makes the tackle. Yeah. He just stopped. Yeah, like, no he finish. Like, around. 
We look around. We we were looking around too much as an offensive line. Yeah. Just finish the guy. What are you looking at? Let's wait for the whistle, right? Like the whistle will blow at the end. Wait for someone to come tell you to stop. Let's (laughs) try that. Of course. Of course. And Tony's exactly right. There were many. I mean, that was the the obvious example of all of them. I mean, he just got. He's he's actually got the guy blocked, and he just stops. And and the running back's right behind him. I think it was a jet sweep. Yeah. To Hasty, maybe or something. I don't know. Is that what it was? And 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 he just stopped, and the guy makes the play right for like a two yard gain or one yard gain or something. So that's my biggest critique is the is the finish in the run game of the offensive line. It's fixable though. You right? Sure, it's an attitude. Yeah, you control that. And I think Fortner's gotten better at it because he's realized this isn't the SEC anymore. He knows you got to hold those blocks a lot longer than you do in in college football. Yeah, I think Fortner's uh, gonna be a good player. I do too. I do too. Have they done a I mean, better a, job of that earlier in the year, though? I mean, were they finishing earlier? I mean, obviously yeah. the run game, they he were yeah, running the ball. He though. wasn't. Okay. Porter wasn't early. That was early. I think. Yeah. But we look, I mean, and Juwan's probably the biggest culprit. He, he like, looks around. I'm like, just, just block the guy on you. Even on runs away from him where he's got to get the cutoff block, he does it for a second and then he stops. And the guy can, sometimes can come down the line and make the play. Yeah. So that's the biggest critique of the offensive line. Got to finish. Got to finish. You know that line's actually pretty solid. Uh, I'm gonna. And Tony, you said it before the season, but now the question becomes, what do you do next year? I don't think you. I don't think you can sign Juwan Taylor, Pete. I don't either. You I don't can't either. have. I mean, Juwan Taylor in the open market, a right tackle his caliber. Let's just say he finishes the season the way he's played so far this year. Let's assume that. And he wasn't as good the last couple of weeks. Let's be honest about it. He hadn't been. But still, Pete, you see right tackles around the league. Oh, I know. I if, know. If he finishes the way he's played, he's going to go get paid twelve to $15 million a year. Wow. Pete, you agree with that? Yes. I mean, like, I'll give you an example. I watched the Browns today on tape. Conklin was terrible on Sunday. And he makes a boatload of money. I don't think you can ha- pay Cam the what is it, 16, 17, 18, whatever he's making, and Sheriff 18, 19, 20, whatever he's making, and then pay your right tackle 12 to 15. I, I, this team's already up against the cap going into next year. Correct. But you also you- have other guys that you're going to be able to probably set free. Oh, yeah, there's going to be guys that will not be here, high-paid guys, no doubt about that. But I don't know if you can have that much wrapped up in your offensive line, especially when you got, you got to go find corners. You have to. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, back in the day when he was playing, he had the high salary. Leon had the high salary. <laughs> ben Coleman got a nice salary. No, he didn't. He ben, no, if you look at that offensive line, Pete, only Leon and I got paid. Let me see. Yeah, right. Ben was on a small deal, but the second deal he got was a Not, decent it wasn't deal, big. It was a me- it wasn't it was, huge. It was, it, was middle of the, it was middle of the road. The center. Well, I didn't have any money left over. You took it all. The center was. <laughs> the, first of all, the center was on like a minimum, and Weger was minimum. It was in the middle of the, of the range yeah. as well. And when Tilski played, he wasn't making a lot of money. He was minimum. Yeah, we're close to it. Well, you and you and Leon took it all. Greedy. Okay, blame us. I don't really care. My point is, I don't know. If, I don't <laughs> know if you can now. You have more leeway. If you're the Jaguars, because you have the quarterback on a rookie deal. But 
Could this team yeah, find a, a better I don't option? Think he, yeah, well, not, not a better option. I don't know if you're going to find a better option, oh, oh. but Tony's right. You might find an option that's close to it for a lot cheaper. Okay, where? I don't know. You're going to go walk a little? Is that the answer? Hey, Seattle's starting right tackle. They found them in, the, what, the third round, and he's playing well. Uh, I, I agree, but Pete, and I don't want to get into the draft. or but It's a little early. It's yeah. by, it is a bye week. <laughs> Never too early. So, no, but my point not is. Not eliminated yet. My point is, Pete, you know this. I mean, you got a number of holes. I mean, I could argue you need two corners. Where's your pass rush, pass rush going to come from? Wait, wait, wait. You need two, two corners? Yeah. You don't, you don't think Tyson Campbell can play? That's one. You play most of the snaps with three, so, Pete. So, so you're basically saying that the signing of Darius Williams was a flop. As he, you tell me watching the tape. Mm, no, there's been a couple games where he's looked like he could be the guy, and then there's been a lot of more games than not where he hasn't been. Hmm. So um, two corners, two corners. Okay, just say one corner. Fine. Okay, one one corner. A safety? Because what do you do with Jenkins? I I think Jenkins is playing as good as anybody. The guy absolutely just kills people. I mean. Yeah, I mean, when you look back at it, the draft drafting two linebackers was a mistake. Let's be real. Let's come back in a moment. We'll go around <laughs> Nobody the wants to address AFC that. South. Take a look at the results from yesterday and the standings as we go into week number 11. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jags. We'll come back with a look at the Miller Electric Center and the AFC South. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Monday, and the Jaguars got a loss yesterday in Kansas City. They're back home today ahead of the bye week. And if you're watching on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, a live look at the Miller Electric Center under construction and construction moving rapidly. And it will be open and ready for business before training camp of next year, 2023. The Jags will be in that building and ready for the 23 campaign and beyond. Uh, Let's go around the AFC South and let's start with the Indianapolis Colts. New head coach, interim head coach, Jeff Saturday. And the Colts get a late touchdown to take the lead. It's Matt Taylor on the fan and 97-1 Hank FM in Indianapolis. Ryan to throw, crossing pattern inside the 20 to go to the Colts. 10 at the 5, and they will score a touchdown with Paris Campbell. That's a 36-yard crossing pattern all the way to the house for Paris Campbell. And the Colts are back on top as Paris finds Pater. The Raiders fall. The Colts win at 25-20, to 20 and uh, Pete... It's it's amazing. He got a win after all that. 
you know what? Every time I see that, I think about you, Tony, what we always say. It's just football. If you know how to lead men and coach your coaches and let them do their job, it really isn't that complicated. It really isn't. And everybody was so up in arms last week about it. Oh, my God, how dare they? Jeff Saturday has been in enough locker rooms with enough good people, with enough smart people that he figured things out, and he let his coaches coach. Give me a break. It's not that complicated. Well, I mean – I didn't hear it, but I I did not hear it, but I heard about it. I guess Bill Cowher just like lost his mind on the whole thing uh, on CBS. Um, yes, and I don't understand it because here's my prem. Here's my theory: is the last thing any of any anyone wants is for Jeff Saturday to have have success, because then the secret will be out that being a head coach is about leadership. And like that, that's the last thing. And I've said it forever. And this, I and I have coaches who are friends, and I tell them this: um, the way we hire head coaches is all wrong. Just because you're a good coordinator doesn't mean you're a good head coach. Two different skill sets. Now, Doug Peterson happens to be a great play caller and a really good head coach because he's a great leader. But him being a good play caller has nothing to do with him being a good head coach. Two different skill sets. Like, I could not, if someone, if any NFL team, hell, heck, a college team said, come be an offensive coordinator, I would raise my hand and say, no, I am not qualified to be an offensive coordinator. I've never called plays. I've never coordinated. I've never put together a game plan that is that ties the run and the pass together in a coordinated way and, and then go call plays during a game. I'm not qualified. Now, if you told me to come lead a team or an organization, I'd feel very comfortable with that. Very comfortable. And I'm sure Jeff Saturday as well. And that's what he did. Jeff Saturday is a good dude. He's smart. He's a leader. He knows how to communicate. He's organized. And he will, I know for a fact, let his coaches coach. And the worst thing, Pete, and you know this as well as I do, every coach in America is like, do not have success because if it works – It'll open up Pandora's box. Now, Correct. I don't think, and this has nothing to do with Jeff Saturday, my guess is it's they're not going to win a bunch of games down the stretch. And nothing because Jeff Saturday is head coach or not a head coach. It's just because they're not very talented. And they played a very bad Raider team. And they got the you know emotional lift of change. I mean, this happens in the NFL all the time you change your coach out you get that one big emotional you know you know shot of adrenaline type of thing and you go out and perform well i don't think it's going to last i hope i mean for jeff i actually think it'd be fun but i don't think it will but the ire that he received makes no sense to me how dare he? How dare he take that job? First of all, I mean, I, I, I had this argument this morning. Like, what do you mean? What's Jeff supposed to say? No. Why would he say no? He loves football. He loves the organization. He thinks he can help. 
He was very honest too. He goes, I don't know if I'll be good at it or not, but I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go be me. Right. If I'm gonna go lead. Eight games. And and we'll see hey, how it goes. If I don't, if I don't come back after eight games, I mean, and if, 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 if they I'm, came to me tomorrow afternoon and said, "We want you to be the head coach of the Colts, and this is what we're gonna pay you to be the head coach of the Colts," I have no business being the head coach of the Colts. But I'm not saying no. <laughs> I can now, tell you that right now. Yeah, I don't like why they were going after Jeff Saturday. I have no idea. Now, if you want to make comments about Jim, you're, you're saying that this is disruptive. It's a bad decision for your organization, so on and so forth. Okay, that's okay. I, 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 now I'll give you the counterpoint. Think about this: if you're Jim Irsay, you are awful. You have no quarterback. You have no juice. You're going the wrong way. You can't score points. And you're sitting here, and it's a long uphill fight to get to be relevant and to make the playoffs, which all that you, anyone cares about. You're in the entertainment business. Last time I checked, you're in getting people in the stands, getting them excited, like people excited about your brand, about your team, and everything else. What would be more exciting? What gets you more attention? Naming Jeff Saturday as your head coach, or naming some assistant? that has been in the league for 20 years and is a great coach. What do you think got Colts fan more excited? Jeff Saturday's their guy. Jeff Saturday's their guy. So you can I mean, criticize Jim yeah. Ursay all you want, but Jim Ursay's sitting back going, well, I got a lot of attention. I don't really care what anyone thinks about me anyways. That's obvious. Just follow, I mean, right. follow the history. Yeah, um, Google I, him. I got a guy who I like. Google him. I got a guy who's I trust. I got a guy who represents my brand. If it doesn't work out, who cares? I'll go find another coach. Trust me. All the coaches that are all upset right now and going, this is unfair, this is ridiculous. Guess what? If Jeff Saturday doesn't work out and they open up the coaching search, guess how many of them will sign up and raise their hand and ask for that job? But the best thing about that, Tony, is – everyone. Where Brandon Staley was a defensive coordinator at John Carroll like seven years ago yeah, or like, something. And what you know what I mean? Like, what makes him qualified to be the head coach? Right. It's just, I, let, let, like I always say, and this is no slight to any head coach because I respect head coaches. I respect coaches. I respect high school, college coaches. I love what they do. But most coaches went into the profession thinking they were going to be coaching P.E., uh, teaching PE and coaching high school football. Let's be real about it. That's that, that's what they thought. And so now all of a sudden they hire somebody outside the box and it's the end of the coaching as we know. <laughs> and by the way, Pete, you understand that this doesn't happen in any other sport. No other professional sport would lose their mind. NBA hires Steve Nash. Didn't work out. Steve Kerr. How many times was, how long was Steve Kerr an assistant coach grinding away before the Golden State Warriors named the head coach. How about Mark Jackson? Let me just go down the list. Baseball. Guys, they get named coaches all the time. Managers. Some yeah, work their like way up. all in the minor leagues forever doing their thing either. Yeah, that, right. So, right. I, I'm with you. It's just, it's just bizarre so. that it's, it's to that point in, in the NFL. It's crazy. Let's come back. It is hour number two of Jaguars Happy Hour. Plenty more of this ahead. Your social media questions as well. And one hour down, one hour to go with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network.
you know, we've played 10 straight weeks now. And, and so, um, you know, the team, the team needs a break at this time. It's a good time for it uh, to, to kind of step away. And, and I told them to, to, to kind of regroup and, and really think about the first 10. But more importantly, I want to think about the next back half of this, you know, or third of this season and, and really focus on that. And, and, and cause I still think, and I believe that our goals are still in front of us, you know, um, yeah, we made it a little bit harder today, but I think if we continue to improve, um, you know, anything's possible moving forward. That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, after the loss at Arrowhead yesterday. And welcome back. It's hour two of Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. The Jaguars missed opportunities and couldn't rally on the road at Arrowhead against the Chiefs yesterday. 27-17, the final score. Chiefs, a winner over the Jags. The Jaguars had three takeaways on defense and a successful onside kick, but only scored seven points on the ensuing possessions off those four situations. The Chiefs built a 20-0 lead at one point, and the Jags could never overcome it. Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdowns to four different receivers, most of them running wide open on the Jags' defense. No pass rush, no sacks for the second time this season. Only four quarterback hits for the Jaguars' defense on Patrick Mahomes. Lawrence efficient again, but too little too late. No running game for the Jags, who are now 3-7, and seven, headed to the Week 11 bye, and they'll come back home Week 12 to host the Baltimore Ravens. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. What are you doing for the bye, Tony, anyway? Uh, nothing. Watching film? Getting it's better? My, no, I'm not doing that. Um, it's my daughter's 21st birthday on Friday. All right. So I'm well, celebrating her birthday. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Um, hey, we don't uh, get I wanna... buys. I don't oh. get buys where I'm at. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you got to work all all the weeks. Yeah, um, eighteen of them, baby. And playoffs. Hey, PJP. Yeah. Doug said something interesting there to me. All our goals are in front of us. Yeah, yes, he did. I don't know what he's talking about. Is that is what were the goals? Did not list them. I was not is arrowhead it... yesterday. No, I'm. Yeah, my point is, my guess is making a playoff. I mean, that has to be your goal. It's isn't always it? the goal, right? Win the division. Yeah. Where is that happening? Well, I mean, I was looking at the standings right now. <laughs> oh, hey, let's pull them up on uh, Jaguars.com, Jaguars <laughs> social media. Oh, no. Oh, the no. AFC South. I'm not even looking at the AFC South. I mean, the South were two back of the of the Titans. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you got two games against them. And um, no, actually, I'm sorry, we're three games back. It's three now since they won yesterday. Yeah, it's three Jaguars. back, and they have a game in hand, so actually it could be four if they win. Tennessee six and three. If they win this week on the bye. If they play this at week. Green Bay on Thursday. It, that's right. Indy four, five, and one. Jacksonville three and seven. Houston one, seven, one. Um, okay. So let's just – so you're three back for all purposes of the Titans right mm-hmm. now. Um, could be two if they lose. Let's just say it's three, because I, I, I think they beat Green Bay up there. Um, that means you have to beat them twice, and I mean, it, it's a long shot. With, with seven left, down three. If you if that's where you end up, it's a long shot. There's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room. But let's just say let's let's just think about getting into the wild. There's seven teams now that make the playoffs. The seventh right. team right now has a record of five and four, and it is the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Those three teams are at five and four. Tiebreaker against the Chargers. 
And New England is ahead of that because of the conference record um, of those those three teams. Mm-hmm. So at five and four, that means you're two back. Um, well, technically, you might be three back. You could be three back if they win. Correct, Pete. Um, the reality you'd have to is, run the, is you'd have to run the table. Well, no, I, I think to, to get that seventh spot, it's going to be a, take a nine and eight rate record. And so you have to in the last seven six and one. You have to go six and one, and beat the Titans twice. And beat the Titans. Well, I don't know if you go six and you one, could lose to, you could lose the matter. Titans once. Yeah, if okay. you go six and one, you're going to be, you know, It'd nine be better. If you'll be nine and twice. eight, yeah. and you'll be right there for that. Well, seven. that means you're beating. Be, go through that. You got to beat Baltimore. You gotta be, Here's the schedule. Stand by. I'll just the, give you. I, I know by heart. You got to beat Baltimore. You got to beat Detroit. You got to beat Dallas. Nope, you're wrong. Tennessee is next. Oh, I mean, okay. You got to. Uh, you do t- it by heart. Uh, I do do it by heart. Uh, okay, not. Baltimore. You have to beat. You have to beat. Uh, you have to beat Detroit. Then you have to beat Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Then you have to beat Dallas. Mm-hmm. So just the next four. Let's go to the next four. Well, the next quarter. If you go look at the next four, Baltimore, Detroit. Tennessee and Dallas. All right, Baltimore's where? At oh, Jacksonville, in right? Jacksonville, yes. Okay, they're not winning that game, but go ahead. Go to the next At one. At Detroit. At Detroit. They could win that one. At Tennessee. Not winning. Haven't Done. Won Season Nixon, over. Nixon was in office last time. And then the uh, Cowboys. The Cowboys at home. at home. I mean, they could win that game. But – then okay, so say they go three and one in that quarter, just for the sake of the argument, and they beat Tennessee, which they're okay. not going to do. But let's just say for that one, they do. Go to the so next th- quarter. Three and one. Now you're uh, you're six and eight, mm. and then you have to finish off with um, three three straight. You have three straight, and the last three, I don't know the exact order, but you have. It's a short week at New York Jets. Uh, you have Jets, Titans, Houston. Nope. Or Jets. I'm sorry, Jets, Houston, Titans. Yes. And. They could win against the Jets. They could win against Houston, and they're not beating the Titans. I mean, what, what in their right mind gives you the idea that they were going to even get a split with the Titans? <laughs> I mean, no, the see, I'm not. By the way, I'm not saying they're going to go six and one. I'm saying that's. It, it, I'm, assuming, that's what I'm assuming when Doug says all of the goals are in front of them, meaning you're going to contend for the playoffs, you got to get to nine and eight. In my opinion. Or meaning they're not eliminated from anything yet. So that your goals are still in front of you. Go win, win out, and you might win the division. I mean, basically, if you beat the Titans twice and they stumble once, you might, you might win the division. The Colts would need to stumble a time or two, obviously. Yes. Uh, I mean, they haven't shown anything that they can't. Right. My point I mean, is, not, if you if if, ever, if you really if you want to say everything's in front of you, you got to go six and one. At, at well, you can say everything's in front of you. Do you be, do you at all believe that? No, I, I, there's nothing that this team has shown me in the first ten games that, that makes me think they're going to go six and one. No, zero. This is about building for next year because that's what you're playing for. They're not play. They're not playing this this year. They had an opportunity this year if they win two or three of those other games that they should have won. Yeah, they'd be sitting there pretty. They would be they sitting blow. in a good spot right now. Really good spot. If they were, you know, six and four instead of three and seven, like, okay. Heck, if you were five yeah. and five. Yeah, you're a game, a half, you're right, game you're, and a half out, you're a half right game there. out, whatever you you're want. You're right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had opportunities to do that. They missed those opportunities. And because of that, like I said earlier, you're – you know, you are what your record says you are, according to Bill Parcells. I agree with him. You're three. You're a three and seventeen right now, and you got to change that. And you got to change that narrative, and you got to go win games. And it, it 
You got the bye week. Go relax. Get your mind right. Get your body right. Because Baltimore's coming to town, and that's a good football team. We'll talk more about this next week, but just an idea. To, to, what's a good second half for them? Look well, like? I was just going to talk about that, Pete. That, that, I was going to ask that question, too. Yeah, uh, that's actually going to be our uh, keeping it real. Okay, yeah, let's talk about it, keeping it real. Like when what, we, okay. when we come uh, back. What, what would be, in the next seven games, how many wins would you does it take to say, you know what, that was a good year? Okay, let's come back. We're going to keep it real. When we return, we're going to sell some wine, too. Okay. That's, that's yes. all combined into one same segment. Are we, waiting, are we waiting for our boxes yet? Uh, we've been we waiting for a while. It's Christmas. Pete. It's Christmas coming up. Tony needs to give out his presents. It's coming quick. <laughs> the clock's ticking. Uh, Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Star Credit Union. Do good, bank better, and it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco. The Jaguars fell yesterday in Kansas City 27-17. And it's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. We gave the hard tease right before the break. But here it is tonight. The realistic stretch run for the Jaguars. What is a good final seven games for this Jaguars team. May not have to be wins and losses. You could go deeper than that, Tony, if you'd like. Well, I think it, all, it starts with wins and losses because let me ask you a question. Let's say they lose. Let's go worst case scenario. They lose the next seven and they're three and 14. That's not good. Like what could make you feel better? Trevor being great? Well, yeah. would you I mean, rather would be let me ask it. you this? Would you rather go? Would you, if you, like uh, six and eleven, and Trevor looked bad, but the defense played better, or <laughs> three and whatever, and Trevor played great the rest of the way? See, I, personally, I think this whole second half is about Trevor Lawrence for me. Pass rush and passer. They got to show some some life in the pass rush, or else after the season they're going to have to evaluate it. At well, least I in think, my mind. I mean, unless something drastically changes, Pete, I think you're going to have to evaluate it. How and what and what, and what could change that you would not be concerned about the pass rush? I mean, uh, all of a sudden they start getting set, piling up sacks. They get if they if they get five sacks each down the stretch. Allen and 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 Trayvon Walker. If then, they do that, are you, are you offering Josh Allen a big deal? No. I'll bring him back on the on – the, he's back for the fifth-year deal, though. That's right. right. How, many, how many wins do you think they get in the last seven, Pete? Two. So five and 12. Yeah, which is about what I picked them to start the season. What are the two? How many do you think, how many do you think they're going to get? Three. Uh, um, if I look at the, I think two or three. But I mean, if I, I mean, if I try to take my 
heart and want and desire and believe. You know, then they're going to the playoffs. Right. If I just sit back yeah. and say what this mm-hmm. team has done and how they perform and where the talent level is right now and how it's performing, two or three. Is my guess. Um, I mean, everything would have to – yeah. Have I mean, to go I guess my point for is – this for is them terrible to win six, five games. Because – like my like like my knee jerk reactions like we'll just lose them all and get a better draft pick. Oh, jeez, here we go. No, but I'm, I, let me finish. That's my knee jerk. Tanking. But this team needs to learn how to win. They need to change their culture here, and so I think this is really important on the back half of the season. That like they're not going to the playoffs. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they get on a magical ninety six run where they just win everything and win close games and the ball bounces their way. I hope it, I hope it happens. I really do. It'd be fun for the city. be fun for the team. I don't think it is. I'll be rooting hard. I'll have my, you know, sunshine and rainbow glasses on and all the things that I get accused of. Trust me. Um, but I do think it's important. This team, like, boy, it'd be great if they could go four and three down the stretch or five and two. And get to that seven or eight win mark where you feel like you have something to build on next year. Like what I think can't happen is you go one and six and end up four and thirteen. Even five and twelve isn't great. And so they need to get this. They need to get to. They need to get six and eleven at least in your mind. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah, P. At the minimum, I think they need to get seven and ten somehow. Because you want to change the narrative of who you are and how that locker room feels about themselves and how the building – like what has to stop in this dang building and this fan base and everything else is like, here we go again. Oh, we're just the Jags. That's toxic. People believe – I mean, it, it, it impacts teams. It impacts individuals. It impacts organizations. There's something about believing you're going to win. It's something about creating a culture where you – are expecting to win. And okay. that has to be, you were part here. of something like that once in 96. What I changed? know I was, what I changed happened from, from, I was, I, I felt it. How did it change? Yeah. Right, winning right football games. What you made win... you feel like you could win? You guys could win games. And nobody had any idea. You guys were three, you were three and seven at one point, four and seven. We were three and uh, we went three and six, four and six, four and seven. And then we won five. straight. That's right. Five straight. To um, get the nine to seven. We won some close games. Um, we were more. I think we had probably we were probably more talented than this team at certain positions, but not at others. I mean, no one knew Jimmy Smith was. I mean, he was a backup. He was like the fourth receiver until Andre Risen got cut. Um, we had a bunch of young guys who just started playing good football, and we lost crazy games like you know once possession games, much like this team did, and we started winning. And it changed. What happened is it changed. Like you, how like you had a belief. Like, the, what we did in the playoffs that year, like, going into 97, it was like, oh, we're a playoff team. Like, we, you walked into the building for camp and, like, we're going to the playoffs. It's not a question, like, we're hoping. Like, we were going to the playoffs. Pete, you remember that team. I mean, down the stretch, you almost saw it happening. No, but, I mean, coming into 97, you remember that it was a different feel around uh, the building. Oh, yeah, because of what happened in 96. You thought you were good. That's right. Yeah. You and have to start believing in something, and that, that's why I thought last week would make them believe in something. I thought last week was a game that could get them going, and then 
they actually had opportunities against Kansas City. I mean, you got to make those field goals, and and there, you had a touchdown call back for an illegal man downfield. I mean, there were there was opportunities in that game. It wasn't like they played great or anything, but they had chances. Well, when have they been blown out this year? They have not. Nope. And that's and that's a good sign. They're Very not, good I mean, sign. Yeah, but they're not I, a great team right now and a team ready to go to the postseason, but they're also not an awful team despite their record. They are not. Yesterday was the uh, largest margin of defeat. Yes. First Ten time points. it wasn't a one-possession game. Correct. Um, so I think this team needs to find a way to get to seven. Four and three. That would be success to me. Anything four and three or better is success. And obviously, Trevor has to play well and stay healthy, and there's like all those other things. But I'm talking this team, this organization needs to remember what it means to win and how to win, and expect to win. You have to change the culture. Beat the Titans once, and then you can start. But you know what I mean? Go up, go there, or or let let them come there. Just beat them once, so you can pound your chest and say we beat them you know what i mean they that's what those guys need to be able to say this the history is awful until they start beating the titans there's always going to be those doubts tony yeah i mean i don't think it's single threaded to the titans Pete. i hear what you say you're saying i think if this team can go go four and three five and two down the stretch and get to seven or eight wins they won't make the playoffs but that's fine. This is, if they go five and two, if they go five and two down the stretch, and both games are blowout losses to the Titans, you still feel good about that? I don't think this team's going to get blown out. Let's if they go five and two and lose to the Titans twice, yes, I still feel good. Yeah, I, I think they need to start learning how to win those games. Those I'd rather games I'd rather go five and two and sweep the Titans. Right. You'd rather almost go four and three and sweep them than go five and two and lose to them twice. Yes. Because part of it, the, the like, to me, the back half of the season is not about. It's about development of young players. Like Devin Lloyd's got to get better. He's got to progress. Trayvon Walker needs to learn how to rush the passer. I mean, you got to get some of these young guys improved. Um, you want to see the development of Trevor Lawrence continue? Etn, you know, continue. One but thing it, that one thing that we. At least I was big on it, and I, I know you guys kind of got on it a little bit too. And a lot of people were doubts. Christian Kirk has proven to be everything he, they thought he would be. He's been great. I mean, he's he's not a number one wide receiver. He's their number one though, and he's clearly their number one. Um, and get, and I think open. he's been fantastic. He gets open always. So, yeah, he's. I mean, Chris Kurt's a good player. There was a lot of angst from outside the building of uh, the the number they paid him around the league, obviously. But who cares? I mean, where does he rank in the? I got to look and see, but I think he's up there in the top of a lot of those categories too. Top ten. Yeah. Um, P. I only bring this up because we just played, and I don't have. And here's his numbers, and he's done a good job. Yeah, he's ninth in the league in targets, eleventh in receptions, tenth in receiving yards, and third in touchdowns. It's fantastic, Pete. Let me ask you a question. This is, and this is just—it's bye week, so we do stupid things like this. Looking back, and I, I thought of this standing on the field watching the Chiefs, and I think it's close to the same salary combined. Would you rather had Juju Smith-Schuster and Valdez Scantling, the two of them, or just Christian Kirk? 
That's a good question. That's a really good question. Because I think Kirk is better than both of them, but together they might be a better option because you get the the threat in the middle of the field in Smith Schuster, and then you get the speed threat with Valdez Scanling. And you know, I was a big believer in Valdez Scanling. I thought the Jaguars should have signed him. Um, he, you know, anyways, I would, would you rather have Valdez Scanling or Zay Jones? Be interesting. I think Zay Jones's numbers are probably better than Valdez Scanlon. They are. Right now. They are. But he he missed time a little bit too. I think so. It, it's. I mean, I think Kirk and Zay Jones are fine together. The problem now becomes you need a third one. Yeah, I mean, I guess my point is, I agree with you. If you look at the signing of Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, those guys are both performing well. Are they perfect? No, but who is? But they are good players, and we are a we are we are as good at the wide receiving position since Jimmy and Keenan were here. That's a fact. And if they had a guy like you draft one of those guys, like let's for example, just say like the Bengals had T. Higgins and. Tyler Boyd and drafted Jamar Chase, and now they have arguably the best, and I think they're the best receiving group in the league. So if you had Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, and somehow you could find that other guy, you might have the best receiving group in the league. Calvin Ridley next year. I mean, yeah, you can't discount him. I mean, he was a one in two years ago. Calvin Ridley was a number one wide receiver before all that stuff. I mean, was it 90 catches average over 15 yards a catch and had nine touchdowns. That's number one receiver stuff. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he's like after being out of football for two years. Peter, I, w- I was talking to someone about this the other day. Can you name one guy in the history of the league that has sat out two years from playing football and came back and was the same player? No. That's my but most. But most of the guys who sat out, though, Tony, were either sitting out for an injury, A, or they were older and were holding out for more money. Like, what's his name? Didn't Sean Gilbert sit out a whole year, then come back? He was never the same. Yep. Remember? Yep. So this is different. He's only, what, 25? Is it no, really? No, I 20, think he's 28, 26? I thought he was 28. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. But you're right, though. There's no, there's nothing saying he's going to be the same player. Uh, Ridley turns 28 December 20th. Yeah, yeah he's 28 years yeah. old. Um, that's my biggest concern. I mean, yes, before Ridley left the game, he was outstanding. No doubt about it. Um, But with him in the fold, you can't really draft a a receiver in the first two or three rounds with all the other needs on this team. No, I'm not against the move. I'm not being critical of the move. I'm just saying that's the risk. Right. You wouldn't make that move with the idea that you would draft a receiver down the road. And I'll be honest with you. The the free agent class of receivers stinks relative to where it's been and the the class of receivers in college football isn't as good as it's been over the years so it makes sense to go make a move like that that is keeping it real presented by woodbridge by robert mondavi open up a winner today real ingredients award-winning wine by robert mondavi we're back with fanatics fan questions and there are plenty after a jaguars loss to the chiefs it's jaguars happy hour on the jaguars digital network and Fat Tony 
Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour continues. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Frisco, and Hall of Famer Tony Baselli after a Jaguars loss to the Chiefs. And time now for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put the cat signal out on Twitter earlier today. Here's the best we came up with. Question number one, at Duval underscore Magic. Pete told us at the beginning of the year that this year is all about 16 getting reps and developing, and the next year we could make a run. How do you guys feel so far about his development? 16, of course, being Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I feel, I mean, I like it. I mean, he's getting better. He's being coached. He's understanding the system. I think he's making better decisions. He had a bad game in London, but he's a young guy. Um, I, I, I feel, uh, I feel uh, positive of where he is on his path to being a franchise quarterback. I agree 100%. I, I just think early, he had a little moments there where he struggled a bit. Uh, he kind of got back out of it again. And I think the way he's played the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. So, uh, I'm not concerned about him one bit. And now having said that, I did think this would be a big-time breakout season for him, and it hasn't quite worked out to that degree yet. Uh, I remember I said I thought he'd throw over 30 touchdown passes. He's not going to sniff that. I mean, that's not going to happen. And, and so from that standpoint, at least my standpoint, I thought it would be better than where it is. But uh, I do think he's making progress. And uh, anybody who thinks he shouldn't be the franchise quarterback and won't be a franchise quarterback is misguided. Next question, social media. Twitter, busy today. This is from at Reno Hightower 21. The O-line got worked at times yesterday. How do we best remedy this for next season? Do you agree with that? First off, Tony, doesn't sound like you uh, did. I don't know about totally. worked. Yeah, I don't um, know if worked is the right word. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is like, I mean, I love our fans. I love the questions. Please keep them coming. But why is it like? When it doesn't go well, it's always like they blame. Like it's like let's blame the offensive line. They got worked. What do you mean they got worked? I haven't heard one question about how great they've been the last five weeks. By the way, like Lee, like in the last five weeks, the number one rushing offense in the NFL. Um, low, one of the lowest sacks totals in the NFL. Yeah, was it their best game? No, it wasn't. Spagnuolo blitzed, got after him, brought more than they pick up a couple times. A couple guys got a little bit leaky, no doubt about it. The right side did not have their best day, but like they didn't get worked. I just disagree with that characterization. Yeah, I agree with you. I think after watching the tape again, I said it earlier. I thought they got worked. Then watched the tape, they didn't get worked. There were moments where they didn't play great in certain spots. I thought the right side had some bad moments, uh, but getting worked, uh, that's – no, they didn't get worked. The, the offense as a whole got worked at times because they couldn't handle the blitz and and uh, didn't slide the protection and little things like, and held the ball. But other than that, the line did not get worked. Now, as far as fixing it, I, I don't know if you have to fix it, but we talked about it earlier, Tony. They're going to have an issue at right tackle. They're going to have to find a right tackle. Somewhere, somehow, some way, they got to find but a right Pete, tackle. I mean, here's the thing. If you draft a guy in the second round, you shouldn't have to be looking for a right tackle. They drafted Walker Little last year in the second round. You're the one who's questioned whether he can play right tackle in the past. 
I didn't quite. I just asked him. We got beat out by Juwan Taylor. There's no doubt about that. Right. Juwan Taylor's so can, better than him right now. Can he be your right tackle? In your know. mind, right now. If I asked you right now, let Walker walk, and you would take, you would be okay with Walker Little as your right tackle. You have to get better. Well, <laughs> I mean, everybody's got to get better. Everybody's got to get better all the time. But you think you? I know you're 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 avoiding the issue. You don't. I'm think not going to stand right pat. I'll tell you this: there's going to be competition in training camp for him. Where from? Where though? I don't know. There'll be someone out there, some vet, some like veteran nomad of an offensive line who's been like on four teams. That's you know scrappy and like I don't know. Yeah, you've seen some of the right tackles who are playing in this league. Right now. I mean, no. I mean, the Chiefs start guy Wiley, who's been a guard. He's their starting right tackle. They have issues at right tackle. Then he goes down. They put the other guy in. He was off the scrap heap. You understand what I'm saying? If Walker Little's not the answer, they got a major problem. I agree. He's got to be it. Next question. Got under the the, the burr of the saddle there a little bit. At Devil Jaguar X82, why is the defensive line struggling so much? We keep hearing why Josh Allen is a bad dude in a good way, I think. But he's invincible on Sundays. No, invisible, invisible not invincible. Thank you. Invisible Read on much? Sundays. Trayvon also not living up to the billing of number one pick. Is it scheme? Is it effort? Why are they constantly not impacting the defensive side of the ball? Um, I don't think it's scheme. I don't think it's effort. I mean, it's not effort. It's, it's no. certainly not effort because they both play hard. It's not effort. Neither guy has looked like a dynamic pass rusher. Like dynamic pass rushers have great inside moves. Like, did anyone watch Bosa last night? Right. He was working up field, working up field, power move, then just nails him with a spin to the inside that's hard because you're trying to stop everything else, and he's disruptive. I or thought he's that's working what, him, or he's working him up the field, and then he comes inside with his hands and I, comes inside. That's of him. right. I thought that's what Josh Allen would do this year, and he just hasn't. Like, there's nothing that those. I mean, Trayvon has some power that can make you think twice. But he goes right down the middle, so it's not effective power a lot of times. There's like there's not a you have to have something that scares a tackle, and I don't think they do. For whatever reason, I thought Josh Allen would. I'm a big Josh Allen fan, and he plays hard, and I appreciate him. I like him a ton. He's a great dude. But you gotta you gotta get tackles unsettled. You gotta be able to threaten them inside. You have to do something. You have to get on their edge. You have to get them their feet out of whack so you can counter back with power or a good inside move or hand slap up the. I mean, and I haven't seen it. Like Smoot's the best pass rusher on this team. But but again, Smoot take Smoot, Allen Walker. None of them are what you would call dynamic, explosive up the field edge rushers. No, no, no. Smooth's a better inside pass rusher. Right. But that that's just it. You you watch games and you see these guys chasing people down and, run, you know, like Von Miller. And then now he's special, but there are other guys. But, you know, you can see them chasing guys down. These guys don't do that. They don't win with their speed ever, ever. 
Did I mean even Josh Allen at his finest wasn't a speed guy, Tony? Yeah, because but you the way you I don't think you just run around very many guys. No, no, I know, but you have to also have that element. But Pete, you can don't. create that if you can. You have a if you have a inside move where you can set up with power and you get a guy leaning. Well, okay, but Trayvon Walker doesn't have any of that because he doesn't know how to do it yet. I what's guess. Josh Allen's? What's Josh Allen's excuse? Well, I mean, Trayvon Walker never did in Georgia, so I, in college, so I don't know why all of a sudden you thought he was going to show up in the NFL and like, develop some uh, skill set he never had in college. It's not but, fair to the kid. But why hasn't Josh Allen done it? I don't know. I don't have an answer. That's very good, at least. I don't. But, like, the expectations that Trayvon Walker was – I mean, we said it on the show. Like, if you're counting on him being a dynamic pass rusher, did you watch tape? He's a good football player, disruptive, has just freakish capabilities and athletic ability and st- size, strength, length, speed. But it, they drafted. They drafted Paul Spicer first overall. No, come on! Wow, that's not fair. I, mean, <laughs> I still think Trayvon Walker is going to be a good is a good football player. I do not, too. But he's not a dynamic pass rusher. He wasn't that in Georgia. Why all of a sudden would he like? Tell me the whereas, last guy. Whereas Hutchinson, whereas Hutchinson and and Thibodeau both were dynamic pass. They rushers. They were pass rushers. Like right. you watch Hutchinson, he knows how to rush the passer. How many sacks does he have on the year this year, Pete? Four. It's nothing great. Four or five, I think. Maybe Who's five. That? He got another one yesterday, I think. Aiden Hutchinson. Oh yeah, I don't know. But um, but his but ceiling. But the th- the reason you didn't take Aiden Hutchinson because everyone thought the ceiling was too low. Or he's a one trick pony. Right. Yeah, but that trick pony goes up the field. <laughs> it's a <laughs> damn good trick. Damn so, good <laughs> trick. I mean, right now I'll take a pony that could stack the quarterback. Make <laughs> some more you, tricks. I um, mean. But like, so it's like wildly unfair to me, like to put this on Trayvon Walker. No, and and it's not it. it for him, he's got to learn how to be a pass rusher. I'm more concerned about the other guy who's not rushing the passer the way in year number. What is it? Three, four, this three, four, four, four. This is year four. He should be he should be well ahead of where he is right now, and it's just not happening. Well, I guess my question. Yeah, I don't know. Never mind. Well, it sounded like we're going down another avenue there for a second. No, he was going to go somewhere where he doesn't want to go right now. No, I was just – I mean, I'm just – the expectations that Trayvon Walker was going to be a pass rusher, I just don't understand where that came from. I just don't – I mean, tell me the last guy in college who came to, from college to the NFL his rookie year who wasn't a pass rusher in college but all of a sudden became a dynamic pass rusher in the NFL. I, I just don't know of that guy. No. It's hard to rush the passer. Like, it takes skill sets. It's not just big, strong, fast guys. It's like you have – you know how to, you understand angles. You know how to get on the edge. You know how to use your hands. You know how to counter, work back inside. I mean, there's, like, a skill set. And so, I like, like, I would – like, I'm just responding to the question. I wouldn't be freaking about Trayvon Walker. Like, it doesn't – like, I'm not shocked. I'm, I am surprised about Josh Allen. Because I thought Josh Allen would be a 12 to 15 sack guy. And he's not. Our next question. Social media. That was a good one. This is from at TrillWill92. Why were there so many guys running wide open on our defense yesterday? Oh, boy. We touched on this earlier. Yeah, poor drops, poor communication. We heard about, you know, uh, JP, you talked about Doug saying that the the, – um, coach the quarter, uh, coach the uh, 
player communication went out for two plays, one being the Kadarius Tony. Yep. We talked about what, you know maybe you should have called timeout there. They didn't, you know, blown coverage. That's what happens. Um, but you know, that would be great if if that was the only one. I mean, you guys wide open, and I think communication and being on the same page is critical. And I think you know, in the middle of the field, I think Devin Lloyd's really struggling in coverage. He's playing poorly. I mean, there's no you can't sugarcoat. It. He's playing bad football right now. I think that's and what I don't you know said, why. Pete. What's that? I think that's just what I, I said. I don't think he sugarcoated it, Pete. He just said that. Well, he didn't say bad. I said he's really poor and bad in coverage. What else? Are you, like, well, he's not, these, and he's not playing great in the run game either, say, Tony. Awful. Well, we're talking about pass coverage, Pete. That was the question, you idiot. Well, I'm just saying he's are, not play, as a whole. Are you whole, paying he's attention well. to the show? Obviously I not, Tony. It. Obviously he's not. I mean, turn off the television or whatever you're doing down I there in South it. Florida. I heard the question. I'm just throwing it out there. He's playing poorly in all facets of the game. Okay. You think you think he starts next time they take the field? I think I already said that in the show. I would be surprised no, if you said what you would do. What What do you think they do? I think Muma's going to start the next I game. Do I do too. Wow. Uh, final question. One more from social media today. At Yoda Climber One, would our we're def- not, no, we're not doing this. Why no. not? No. <laughs> would our defense benefit switching to a four three? No, not well, after this. all this crying about switching to three I mean, four over the years, no. now all of a sudden they want no. to switch back to four three. No, we're not How doing that. How the heck play, does that work? What do they really play most of the time, anyways? They play nickel four down most of the time. I'm not having of this conversation. Course. No, of course. No, it's come on, stop. <laughs> no, better players, right? Better production, better performance. All that. I mean, I think you know a question. If you want to forget about the three four to four three, how big is Trayvon Walker? What six 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 five six five? He's six 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 two seventy. Yeah, he's six five officially two seventy two. Do you put 20 pounds on Trayvon Walker and make him a 3-4 defensive end, like make him a Bruce Smith? I'm not, he, I mean, he, he doesn't have the skill set Bruce Smith does yet. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Bruce Smith's all-time sack leader. My point but is – But not put him out in coverage. Do you go put him down, yeah. make him 290, 285, 290, hand in the ground. Or do you play then, him like Chris Jones in – in the on, when he lines up outside, like with his hand on the ground, like that, you're talking about. No, I'm talking right? like no a three four defensive end. Oh, you so you put him down so you'd have a nose tackle him and another yes. down guy. He'd be he'd be you would think he'd be darn right scary in that role, wouldn't you? Well, yes. Like he's yeah. He's dynamic. He's powerful. You put twenty fifteen twenty pounds on him. He's strong as heck. And then you can bat. And then, I, I I actually one of the things I want to see down the stretch. Let him rush inside. Didn't they do that for a, a minute, like a few weeks ago? They, I don't they remember. Put him I in. forget. Yeah, I, I'm with Tony. I think maybe putting 15, 20 pounds on him wouldn't be bad. Put another 10 to 12 on Devin Lloyd. Make him that outside linebacker that can rush the passer. I mean, I'm just uh, – uh, I, I, I definitely spitballing. That's what we're doing. Huh? Yeah. yeah spitball. I definitely want to see him rush there. from the three technique. Down the stretch. I would like to see it. Why not? I would agree with you. Well, that that question you didn't like led to some pretty good spitballing. It was t- I it was, yeah, no, I'm not giving that question credit. Good spitballing. I, we just Pete and I 
kind of, you know, like, we're, you know, we're like a good jazz band. You can kind of play off each other. And just just kinda... you two? I'm not involved in this? Well, well you're yeah, not you're too ca- enamored with my make, uh, <laughs> see what Lloyd can do with Russian from the outside, though, as a rusher, situational rusher. I'm not against it. Okay. I'm I'm all with you on Trayvon Walker. Put 25 pounds on him, put him down. Stand the other, put 15 on the other guy and stand him up. I'm not against it. A lot of weight being gained around here. But I, I actually think Trayvon could gain 10 pounds, get to 280, 285, and play that position. He is so you're long probably, and so strong and powerful. You're probably right. Doesn't have to be a ton of weight. No, I mean that dude's like a man. He's a stud. He is a man. You know yeah. what I'm saying he's just like yeah. he's a stud. Yes. Yep. And. uh and that's why, like everyone freaking out about him not rushing the passer. I'm like, dude, I'm like, come on, go turn the tape on. Let's come back. Thanks for the questions today. The fanatics fan questions led to some interesting discussion there. Like a jazz band, you said, Tony. We're like, like a, a jazz, jazz band. band. We wow. play off each other. You know how they riff, kind of like you just go riff. And you just kind of spit. I mean, we call it spitballing, and, and and Joe will tell you this in the you know in the music world, jazz. They start riffing. It's called you kind improvisation. Of play off, improv yes. riffing, just play off each I'm other. An improv and that's what comedian. Do. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> We're back in a moment. Your dad We're, likes me, JP. Come on. Yeah, he loves you. We'll go around the NFL. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back down the home stretch of Jaguars Happy Hour on this Monday. JP Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli. A lively discussion tonight after a Jaguars loss to the Chiefs and the bye week. I think it's because I'm wearing a suit. I got a little more energy today. Is that it? Why are, it you, looks... in a, why are you in a suit? Um, I uh, went to uh, Judy Coughlin's funeral today, Pete. Was today. Oh, oh man, terrible. And uh, I was uh, got busy and just didn't have time to change, frankly. But uh, Tom spoke. He did an amazing job. It was a beautiful service. And Brian Coughlin, um, their third child, spoke as Love well. Brian. And Brian was as good. And I had to do my dad's eulogy, so I, it's not easy to do. Um, in 2021, I did it. Where Brian was off the charts. He was so good. He, it was such a great. He honored his mother, and it was funny, and, and it was just it was perfect. And so, hats off to uh, to Brian. But just sad, you, you know. Um, you guys are big. You guys, I tell you what, I give you credit for a for you did your dad's eulogy, but for what you said about him at at, at your Hall of Fame thing and. I tell you what, when my mom died, there is a chance in hell, and I talk for a living. There's not a chance in hell I could have got up there and done that. I yeah, couldn't he, have. It, I, I would have made had, it. I would not have made it through. It was. Uh, it was. It was sad because you know, but it was a beautiful ceremony, and a lot of people there, a lot of ex, a lot of former coaches, current coaches, made the trip out, um, and uh, and honored Judy's memory, and uh, just thoughts and prayers and. Great you know, lady. The whole Coughlin family, because, you know, we all walk away from the funeral and we go on to our our lives. But, you know, it, it will. It, I mean, that doesn't doesn't go away. And that no. hurt and that pain and the sadness nope. and everything. It takes time to get through that and to grieve. And and Tom, I feel for him because, you know, he's, he's they were married 55 years, 55 years together. Yeah, it's you know, and and they were 
best friends and she was an amazing lady and and so it was nice to be there um but uh yeah, i wish i could have been there i just couldn't get out of work yeah but i, I wanted to come and and you know she was always like i said last week always always treated me with and it, with respect and and I, I she was so nice to me all the always and there were moments where she could not have didn't have to be because he certainly wasn't but she always was she was always handled herself with grace and i think grace is the best word to describe her agreed sure she heard about pete prisco a time or two from from the no, i'm sure she oh, did <laughs> that's the way it works Hey, let's, yeah, uh, my wife heard about him too, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> True, uh, well said by both of you guys. By the way, let's uh, let's finish up today's show and go around the NFL and listen to a few calls. Um, the Panthers, of course, over the Falcons Thursday night. Bucks over the Seahawks in Munich, twenty-one sixteen. But the Vikings Bills matchup might be one of the games of the year, if not the game of the year in the National Football League. A wild ending inside a minute to play. Vikings had a fourth and forever. A wild catch by Jefferson kept it going. They get down to fourth and goal at the one. Cousins' sneak is stopped short. The Bills took over from their own one-yard line with a four-point lead. And then all hell broke loose with Paul Allen and Pete Bursich on the KFEN Minnesota Vikings radio network. And Davis was behind Allen, and he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there. He didn't get out. He did not get out. That's a safety. Give it to us. Give us the safety. Look at what's taking so long. Oh, the ball came out. Down. Yes, the are Vikings. Are you kidding me? The Vikings are going to win. Are you kidding me? Yes, drop that ball, Josh Allen. That ball came loose. Holy cow. Josh Allen tried to the touchdown through the middle. They signal touchdown. The ruling on the field is that the quarterback muffed the snap. Minnesota dived on the ball in the end zone yes! for a touchdown. Yes! Yes! Are you kidding me? Well, the the problem there is that the game wasn't over yet. Yes, no, they had the lead, and it was a long way to go, Pete. The, they ended it's up winning, but boy, they took the scenic route. With that ball right there for Paul Allen. Wow. The game's not over. But, Tony, do you remember all the right moves? The move? Yes. Do you remember Salvucci fumbled and they cost him the game? Yes. We have our new Salvucci. It's Josh Allen. I mean, what are you doing? All you have to do is take the snap. Just get the snap and fall forward. The game's over. Could you? I mean, it was on the one inch line. He, yeah. I mean, he had to get. He had not only fall. He had to get a. But even if he gets a safety, though, they're still winning. (laughs) All you have to do is take the snap. Well, you know what I was wondering there, Pete? Would you have been better off if you're Buffalo? Snap it out of the end zone? No. Getting in the shotgun and doing like a uh, quarterback sweep where if it's not there, you can throw it out of bounds because you're outside the pocket. Hmm. Then you stop the clock again, though. Okay, Okay, but my point is... But who's going to fumble the sneak snap? Right. Like, that never happens. That's a good point. That's not on the bingo card. Forget but, but this. This is, the, this is the NFL. The NFL. Yeah, the NFL. It's forget Josh it. Allen. Yeah, forget about it. You got. You can't fumble the snap. But not only that, they were. They, they were. It was. They were up. Uh, 
had a chance to go up to 21 points, and he didn't go for a field goal, and he threw an interception on fourth down. Then they had a fourth and 16, and the defensive back, instead of batting it down, tries to intercept it, and Jefferson makes a one-handed catch to keep it going. That game had everything and anything in it, and the game wasn't over because he went right down the field and threw an interception in the end zone. Yeah, it was crazy. Unbelievable. Uh, Lions over the Bears, uh, but boy, the quarterback in Chicago looks pretty good. Josh Fields running around. Dolphins over the Browns. Uh, they're right at the top of the AFC East. Steelers beat the Saints. Packers over the Cowboys in overtime. The Cowboys had a 14-point uh, lead, and they blew that in the fourth quarter. Choke. Cardinals over the Rams. Niners over the Chargers. Monday Night Football. It's a battle in the NFC East. The Washington Commanders started 1-4. and four and then won three straight before a loss last week. Taylor Heineke at the controls at quarterback again as they try to knock off Jalen Hurts in the second-best scoring offense in the NFL. The last unbeaten team in the league, the 8-0 Philadelphia Eagles at home. Who you got in South Philly tonight, Tone? Oh, I think the Eagles win by 10. I, I mean, they're, they're a better team. I think they win by 10. I think they win the game, but I think Washington hangs around. The Eagles can't stop the run. And they're bad against the run. They're one of the worst teams in the league against the run. I think the Washington will run the ball on them and hang around. But I, you're right. The Eagles will win the game. All right. The picks are in. We've got a couple minutes left. So, um, bye week coming up. But Pete, you got to work. Sorry about it. What are you going to do on your bye week, JP? He's uh, working. I'm working as well. Where are um, you, going? you got a game to call? Southern California and UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Wow. Big game. <laughs> what about that? Yeah. That's Best Excited. uniform game in football. Should be. USC, UCLA. Best in, there will be best no in. defense in that game. It was going to be about 52 oh. to, to 50. Yep. What is what is with the back 12? Nobody unbelievable. plays defense. But then again, nobody in college football plays defense. Not anymore. Except no. for Georgia. No. And that Georgia does pretty well. They, they shut down Tennessee. Um, wonder, why gotta, that, wonder why that is. Oh, they got all those recruits there. We, we, uh, we, we it's coaching, Pete. It's all <laughs> coaching. all coaching. Come on. It's all about coaching. I could coach those kids. Um, so you got a, you got a bye week. Tony's got a bye week. You got to work. I got to work. That's how it works. I'll be working. He's in the hall of fame. I'll be working. Trust me. Do you have uh, you don't have a game this week with Westwood one or something? No. Took the weekend off. I, I got my daughter's birthday, so I'll be entertaining. By the her. way, one last thing before we get out of here. Yes, hurry. They asked me about Jeff Saturday on the air the other day. It was on with Brady Quinn. And I said, look, no matter how bad he is, he's still not the worst NFL coach of all time. Urban Meyer is. He will not be worse than Urban Meyer. And Brady Quinn works with him. You should have seen the look on his face. Wow. There you it. go. Pete Prisco. <laughs> Tony I like Maselli, it, Pete. I like it, Pete. Joe Fortunato, Britt Reaver, David Cho, our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.